everybody, welcome back to the Active Dads podcast. So today we kind of wanted to change gears a little bit and kind of speak on a hobby that John and I share. And since season's coming up, we figured what better way to kick off the season right as to do a hunting podcast. Season done started. Yeah. Yeah, well, we kind of had some other things on the schedule for beforehand. That's true. But rifle season hasn't started. I don't even think black powder's until next week. So it's just bow season right now for those true savages. Yeah. Well, I hunt in Lincoln and Catawba. Yeah. So, so I got the Caldwell side. Oh, okay. So you, y'all have already had black powder then, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Y'all got some, y'all's don't make sense. Yeah. It don't. No, it makes yeah. sense. It's like hunting turkeys in spring. I, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, it does, but I can hurt. They hunt, do it during the rut, but the weird part is like. turkeys in the fall. Yeah, while you have a Thanksgiving turkey when it ain't turkey season, you know. So I'm talking about. You got to buy a caged one. That's what I'm talking about. Him. Like yeah, back in the day, you could. Back when I was a kid, you could go out and shoot your. Oh, really? Thanksgiving turkey. See, I didn't know that. Yeah. I know at the first Thanksgiving, though, there was venison. So yeah. that under, or that makes sense as to why deer season is during this time. But no, I mean, you know, hunting seasons are always set up around their breeding schedule, too. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense. A lot of people who don't hunt or don't know hunters don't understand the importance of harvesting the older animals and the importance of keeping the population down. Yeah, And I that's mean, one of the yeah. big reasons why I like to hunt. I mean, obviously, <laughs> you know, it's pretty cheap food as well. Oh, yeah. You know? So... Yeah. I mean, you kind of have to look at it like my approach has always been, um, <clears throat> I guess, more conservationist than I am hunter. And same goes, and I probably actually, I mean, I do more fishing than I do hunting. Um, just because it's, I mean, everybody just has their shtick, but I mean, fishing's just what I yeah, grew up and thing. love doing. Yeah, I do um, very little fishing. I do a lot more hunting, right. which I don't hunt that often, but we'll get in that later. And I, yeah, and I don't hunt as much as I used to, um. I mean, it's it gets tougher, you know. Obviously, you're gonna you'll see that with a younger younger child, and then it gets easier again as they get older and they want to go with you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like to I tend to fish more um, when it comes to hunting. Um, I tend to like to bird hunt more than I do, um, you know, large game, deer, bear, etc. See, I'm completely opposite, man. I don't I don't get any like excitement out of bird hunting. Oh, really? Yeah, I oh, like man. large game. Yeah. I really do. I mean, don't get me wrong. I ha- I'm not like one of the like predator hunting adrenaline junkies or yeah, anything, yeah. but I like large game. You know, to me, if you go, you know, me and my dad and uncle used to go out every year for the opening of dove season. Yeah. And you got to like harvest 25 doves to make a meal out of it. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So that's my big thing is like now, how much ammo am I spending on yeah. this meat? Now, yeah, dove hunting, some, um, I mean, I love the turkey hunt. Turkey hunting is probably my number one just because it's so hard. Yes, um, yes it is. Now, I mean, you know, you can go out and <laughs> you can go out and get on, you know, in a field full of turkeys if you're lucky. But to actually hunt a wild bird. No, it's very rare. Or turkeys, a mountain bird. Yeah, oh, turkeys man. know when turkey season is. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've been deer hunting. Yeah. And just a flock of them will come underneath, start like squawking at me and yelling at me and all this other stuff. Yeah. You go out there five days in a row in that exact same field during turkey season, mm-hmm. you don't hear a peep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you don't I mean, hear anything. They know when season's coming. Some, and, and I guess, like, one of the reasons I like it so much is because I'm, I'm not very, I guess, sedentary. Like, sitting in a deer stand or a blind, um, 
I, I start, you know, if it's one of those quiet, like I enjoy it. I just enjoy being, you know, minced in, in the woods and the surroundings and the forest and all those things. <clears throat> so I appreciate it and I enjoy it. However, if it's one of those unsuccessful days, then I, I'm one of those, I tend to start questioning, well, how did I just spend the last 10 hours? You know, um, I enjoyed it, yes, but I could have been doing a lot of other things. Um, so I'm more of a run and gun kind of person or, you know, even carrying to the extent of carrying a bow, but, um, that's why I like turkey hunting so much. There's just something to, you know, and we'll say, I mean, I'll, I'll hunt a field, but I prefer to, you know, I prefer to go in and, and, you know, uh, roost a, roost a bird the night before and then go in and, and start hunting them on foot. Um, some of the most fun I've had has been, you know, chasing a bird up over a mountain, you know, calling it on the roost, getting it on the ground, and then, you know, getting set up in the middle of nowhere and, you know, working for it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the last big one, I, well, it's been a while, but one of the, I guess one of the most fun ones was, was over, um, it wasn't far from my house, but it was, we went in on mountain bikes. I mean, because it was just a straight up. I mean, you park, you start climbing a mountain. I mean, it's just a gravel road up to the top of a mountain. Um, so we were we would get in there early, take our mountain bikes, mountain bike in, so we could beat everybody up the mountain if anybody showed up because they're all on foot walking. So, hey, you're on a bike, up and and hunt that area, and we would go in the night before and roost them, figure out where they are, and then go in that morning. And yeah, man, just you know, drop the bikes off and start to hike and then come back down, come back down a mountain on the mountain or come back down the mountain on your mountain bike when a turkey threw over your shoulder and shot down on the other one. It's just a lot of fun. Some great memories. And then there's some of those where you just get lost out in the middle of the woods. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like, I like to be moving because at least when I get done, I feel like I got a workout in. If anything, if I didn't kill it, if I didn't, I'd say kill because it just sounds like you know, hunting and killing our way yeah. two different things. That's why I say harvest. Um, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> if I didn't harvest anything, um, at least I felt, you know, like I got a good workout yeah. in. I may not have harvested anything, but I got a good 10 mile hike in. Yeah. You know, a pack on and a gun on your shoulder. Hmm. That to me is a little, is important. I got you. Yeah. I've never tried that whatsoever. I've went turkey hunting, but it's always been blind call. Yeah. All that stuff. But yeah, so, you know, John brings up an interesting point. Whenever I talk about this, I always say harvesting, especially to people who don't hunt. Right. Because even in cinema, like, hunters have a terrible reputation. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, it's always the hunter that gets killed because he was being an asshole. Yeah. And, like, those are poachers. Again, like, don't confuse poaching with hunting. I was raised up, um, my entire family, especially on my dad's side. My mom's side of the family doesn't hunt that much, but my dad's side, we were always taught, you know, like you run your tags, you do an ethical shot. If oh, it's yeah. like, a, eh, I could probably hit him from here, then don't take the shot. Yeah. You know, probably the worst thing you can yeah. do is wound an animal and make them bleed out and oh, yeah. die a horrible death, you know. But we always say harvesting because that's what it is. We mm -hmm. keep populations low. <clears throat> you know, we make sure that whenever we take a deer out, it's an older deer. You know, mm -hmm. if it's like a little four point or a little button head, I'm not going to waste ammo on that. I'm not going to drop right. him. I'm going to let him grow for a couple more years, you know? Yeah. But if it's like an old dry doe, which means a doe past her mating season of life, mm -hmm. 
you know, a five, six-year-old doe, whatever. Or if it's like a buck with a bigger rack on it, you see some gray in its beard and a little bit of gray on its head, and it might be past its breeding season too, which means yeah. it's taking up resources for those that can keep everything going. Yeah. You know, and the way tags work, a lot of people don't know this, but they actually have wildlife commissions out there. So whenever you buy your hunting license, if okay, I need to like put an asterisk on this. This is from my understanding of North Carolina. Yeah. I know other states do things very differently. Mm. <clears throat> But North Carolina, the wildlife conservationists, they basically track how many deer we have, mm-hmm. right? So we're just talking about deer now. So they track how many deer we have, and then they open it up to who, how many people bought a hunting license last year. They can kind of guess about that many people is going by it this year. Mm-hmm. So then they split the tags up, and they do it to where you're basically not culling the herd. Yeah, You know, you're just picking off the stragglers, trying to get a certain amount in. And you can buy extra tags, but they won't release those as they see tags coming in. Yeah. You know, if everybody in the state tags out, there ain't going to be many deer left. No. <laughs> but the odds of that happening, I've known, I think I've known two people to actually tag out in deer before, and that was it. And these were pretty proficient hunters. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know quite a few guys that tag out in pretty much everything they hunt. Um, oh, except man. for maybe a bear. Where do you find the time? Yeah, well, that was one thing, do. too. So, like, three years ago, North Carolina took the bear tag off the mm-hmm. hunt license. Yeah. So now you have to gotten lower mm-hmm. so they try to make it to where you have to buy extra on those but yeah so whenever you buy it you get your deer you get your turkey and i think that's it now right i need to leave my hunt license that's all i really hunt i mean i, I think have so but i could be or anything yeah in a while and i always buy the sportsman so like i got my fishing license tied up with it but anyway so the biggest thing about hunting is a learning how to handle a gun Oh, yeah. That should always be everybody's intro course. Anytime they want to hunt, like, understand firearm safety. Well, yeah. It's the most important thing, especially with all the stuff we've seen on the news about Alec Baldwin. Oh, yeah. And the incident Mm -hmm. that happened on set that cost somebody their life because, Mm -hmm. you know, certain people didn't take the time to learn how to use a weapon. Right. Or use a weapon properly, should I add. So the one thing I always tell anybody is assume that the gun's always loaded and ready to fire. I mean... That's it. If you look at it that way, then there's no chance. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the big things about the anti-gun crowd, which Alec was very vocal about being part of. And that's one of the scary parts about it was, you know, he was anti-gun unless it was making him a lot of money using a gun on set. You know, a lot of people are like that. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the big thing about it was he never liked guns. So he never learned how to use one. Right. And every set he's always been on, they've had a good armor. Yeah. So the guns never been loaded. The set he got on that had a crappy armor that didn't know how to do her damn job. He killed somebody because he didn't learn how to use gun, how to safely use a gun himself. That cost a woman her life. Right. So, I'm sorry, that wasn't supposed to be a rant on that situation. That situation just irritates the hell out of me. But, yeah, so gun safety, especially if you're hunting in crowds. I mean, that's big. My uncle got into a bad uh, incident a decade ago, maybe, 10, 11 years ago. He got into a bad hunting accident. And, you know, it was a freak accident. Him and his buddies hunt all the time. Mm -hmm. just happened to be a freak accident that day. But still, I mean, understand you know, obviously the dangers of a gun and where the gun should be pointed and should not be pointed at all times. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. There's, uh, mm. yeah, there's tr- you know, tree stand safety. Like, yeah, tree stand safety. I was, huge. uh, one of the big things that actually 
one of the big things that actually turned me away from deer hunting years ago um and i've slowly gotten back on that you know ladder i guess but was falling out of a stand i mean i fell was out a climber or a ladder stand? it was a climber climber um and yeah, I was, use your damn safety harness like, exactly. i see so many people hunting without a harness that so, thing's there for a reason i've been dropped a couple of times my safety harness yeah. saved my legs so yeah then back in that in that point in time like harnesses like you didn't you just didn't wear a safety harness. Yeah, it you know, takes too long. Yeah, it takes too that long. That extra 30 seconds. That's right. Good you didn't, nobody carried a safety harness. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I remember it was, it was, I was late getting, I was late meeting the guys I was going hunting with, so they took off, and I, you know, I drove on out to, <clears throat> to the spot we were hunting, it was, in, it was out in Pisgah, um, it was out in the, in the game ones. Um, so I got there, and of course their vehicle was there, so I went ahead and took off where i was gonna go and i set up um and i've been sitting there for hours you know and i had a i had a, had a nice little i don't know it's like a little six it was a six pointer walk in and from a distance and i got up to stand up and got tripped up wherever i went you know and when i woke up yeah it was dark and you know the only thing i remember when i woke up was seeing that sign where I walked in on the trail, it said, you know, high, high area for bear activity, beware, you know, of bears. So, you know, the first thing is going through your mind is a dark, a, I'm a little bloody. Um, yeah. I'm kind of out of my gourd a little bit. I'm trying to find all my junk so I can yeah. like get on a trail and get, try to find my way back. Mm. Um, needless to say, that was a long, cold, uh, scary trip through the woods trying to oh, figure yeah. out where I was going. Um, just to get back to my vehicle and then it wouldn't start. Hmm. Uh, it was a, it was a crazy thing, but you know, had I wore a harness, I'd have probably been all right. There you go, man. And don't get me wrong. Like whenever you get caught by the harness, it's not fun getting down by any means, oh, no, it hurts. but you have time to think and yeah. you have time to move. Yeah. You know, it ain't the tree stand just falls out from under you and with right. me, exact same situation. So anybody that's been in a tree stand knows as long as you keep your weight to the outside of the tree, you're good. Mm-hmm. Keep your weight away from the tree. You're, uh, stand bites in on the tree like it's supposed to. I mean, they're very good nowadays. Don't get me wrong. Like this was a stand from like the 1950s that my dad had, so it was like the like the steel boomerang look yeah, that's that had to I bite had. into. That was yeah, all yeah. I had. yeah. So basically, the trees in between mm-hmm. you, you're always facing the tree. You never turn around, and face out. Yeah. So I go to stand up, and I just lose my balance and like fall towards the tree, and everything just comes loose it just oh yeah just started sliding all the way down luckily i had the harness on but then like the harnesses were they were different i'm not gonna say better i'm not gonna say worse but basically whenever the harness pulls you in like your chest is to the tree oh yeah now you know when it pulls you your back's to the tree which can be a pain in the ass get turned around but luckily as i was to where i could turn around and my stand didn't go far so whenever your stand cuts loose, it's very rare that it falls all the way to the ground. Right. Normally it falls like two feet and bites itself in. Mm. So that's what I had. So I had to like kind of lock my re- legs around the tree, yeah. go up, shimmy the thing down a little bit, shimmy myself down, shimmy it down. And don't get me wrong, that's like you know 20 minutes worth of work to move too. two feet yeah. with that strap because that strap catches so tight. But yeah, so I mean, I had that situation. But if that harness hadn't been on, I may have just dropped two feet and bit back in. Oh, yeah. I may have dropped 15 feet slammed into the ground you never really know you know could have gotten tangled up in the process and the bad thing is i mean you know i look back on my stuff and i mean 
and, and since that's happened, I mean, I know people that have fallen and died. I mean, it's mm. plain and simple. I, I know mean, a couple people who have gotten seriously injured. I don't yeah. know anybody who has died. I, mean, I know a couple. I know. I know definitely one that suffered head injuries and ended up dying. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, it's dangerous. You are mm. up in a tree, like, <clears throat> and it's, it's depending on where you hunt and who's hunt, who stands you hunt. Like, mm. uh, if you're gonna, you know, if you're in a club or a group and you hunt multiple stands on a property. Um, yeah, you're gonna always have, go test your stands yeah, out. Yeah, you're gonna have various. I mean, you're gonna. I mean, if you're, if you can't deal with heights, you know, you definitely need to kind of figure out where you draw the line at. Because some guy, I mean, some if you go to hunt a ridge line, you may be twenty five feet in the air mm-hmm. hunting a ridge line. Um, and the creepiest part about that is on a nice windy day, you realize how much twenty five foot in the air moves. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> your tree might be swaying yeah. six feet left or right. As <laughs> so. I remember now, my my buddy Brian now he'll. They'll flat put a stand up in a tree, and I'm like, I'm. I mean, you're, you're going in at four four thirty in the morning. It's still dark. The best thing you got is a headlamp. Mm-hmm. You're climbing the side of a tree on metal hooks mm-hmm. that you can barely see, and then stepping into a stand twenty five feet off the ground. Yeah, and the and that's just twenty five feet in the tree. Mm-hmm. The ground might be another fifteen because you're on a ridge. So yeah. you're really thirty five forty feet up in the air when you actually look down. So then when you stand up. <laughs> You know, so, yeah, it's kind of... Man, I got some friends who, it's nothing for them. They'll run up 35, 40 feet. I'm like, well, see, you can't see me up here. I'm like, yeah, but you can barely see them from up there. Right. Here's the thing, like, I'll I'll rig up a harness and climb up in a pine, you know, 60, you know, plus whatever feet with a chainsaw. Mm-hmm. and Or get up and inspect a tree. Doesn't bother me at all. Mm-hmm. But I get up in one of those stands where I don't really have full control of everything that's going on or that that that, that harness that I know. Mm-hmm. Cl- or climbing rig, it's a different story. Oh, yeah. I mean, then you stand up, so you're and then you're, you're hanging out for four hours, which is a yeah. long time for stuff to go wrong. Yep. Yeah. And then you're standing up two feet, both hands, not not on a point of contact with the tree. Yeah, one on a bow, one on a string, and the only thing is really holding you to the tree is that harness, but it's still gonna let you drop mm-hmm. six or eight, ten feet, whatever. So it does change things. Oh yeah, yeah. Not to mention the adrenaline. That's pumping through when you're at that point to where oh, you're, you're not worried about both. Yeah. yeah, you're worried about pulling back and being quiet, and then holding it there until mm-hmm. the shot's ready. So then you're whatever your test you put your your pull is on your bow, mm-hmm. holding 100 pounds for 15 minutes waiting on a broadside. Yeah. It changes everything. Oh yeah. So yep. practice, and, practice, practice. Yeah, and if you know, I mean, a lot of these concepts, especially if somebody's never used a climbing tree stand before. They sound very complicated, but there's a dozen great YouTube videos out there. Absolutely. 15, 20 minutes long. Take your time. Watch over it. You know, pull it up on your phone while you're outside in the tree with your tree stand. Like, practice. Yeah, practice taking shots from a seated position because it's a lot different than a standing position. Yep. Especially with a bow. Um, Oh, a rifle. You know, I mean, you're good with a rifle. With a bow, man, everything matters Mm because they come up on that one, like, what you call it, like your offside. Mm -hmm. They come up, like, for me, it would be my right hand or my Mm -hmm. left hand. So they come up behind on my left hand, it's going to be hard to turn that way. Mm-hmm. Well, hell, they come up behind on my right hand, it's going to be hard to turn that way, too. Yeah. So you got to, like, shift a little bit, stop. Shift yeah, so I'm, I'm primarily a bow hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I'm, like, 100, I'm, like, 98% rifle hunter. I yeah. take the crossbow out occasionally. Yeah, so with a bow, you know, I mean, yeah, see, deer season is a little bit different because you may, you may get the whole season and not shoot a deer mm-hmm. uh, with a bow. Um, I mean, I've done that with a rifle. And you, can do, it, you can do it with a rifle. Um, I've done that too because honestly, once I get past once bow season, you get that little that last little bit of rifle season. I yeah. usually like the last week, two weeks of rifle season. Yeah. I'll pretty much go straight to rifle and me and my son will go. Um, but I've always been primarily bow. So mm-hmm. generally, 
kind of statistically, the number goes down unless you're Cameron Haynes. Um, yeah. But shout out to you, man. Shooting every day. Um, and, and that's the thing, though, with bow hunter, you you know, you should. I mean, my buddy Brian's always told me, shoot every day. You know, mm-hmm. you know, once you hit it, quit it. Once you hit it, quit it. That day, if it takes you three to put it on the mark, then three it is. And the next day, if it takes you six, once you get to six, quit. You know. Yeah. And that's my biggest thing is I don't put enough time into shooting my yeah. bow. So I don't feel efficient enough to actually hunt with it. And that's one of the reasons, like I said before, I'm not going to take an unethical shot. Right. So I don't take the boat out because I know that if it's over 40 yards, I'm not going to feel comfortable yeah. taking that shot. So I take the crossbow, you know, crossbow, I, I'd feel comfortable hitting one at 80, yeah. 85. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I think the longer the boat shot, it's about, I don't know, I mean, anything past like 55 for like me yeah. would be kind of like. I mean, if you're talking about like kill range right. on a large game, so kill range on deer is easily 60. Yeah. You know, you got a good broadhead. Mm-hmm. You can do it. I just don't know that I would take it because I'm afraid at, I might wing it. Yeah, I start looking at it or thinking for me. And I mean, that's, and it's everybody. It's different with everybody depending yeah. on what your eyes are. Yeah, Cameron Haynes probably drop on at 120. You know? I mean, he shoots, I mean, he shoots targets <laughs> from at, his what, kitchen table. Pound yeah. yeah. I mean, mine's, I think, 90. But I think mine, mine was an 80. But we had to put some bigger strings on it because of my draw. So yeah. I think it dropped it down to like a 72, 73. Yeah. I need to get tested. But What, 90 or 100? Yeah. When you're standing, when you're sitting in a tree, you're standing in a tree. I mean, that's yeah. That's a lot of things that go wrong once you got have you, 90 pounds. Have drawn. you tried one of those saddle stands? Mm-mm. You ever played one of those? Mm. Oh, it's literally like sitting in a swing. Oh, you're talking about the, 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 uh, lazy, the lazy boy stands or whatever? The swing sands looks like a yeah, it looks like a swing on playground. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got your little string that you run it up on. A lot of people put like their little braces that tie yeah. into the tree to stand up on. Right, but then you just literally drop it across. It's almost like what the linemen used to climb yeah, up poles without the boom. Yeah, it's like yeah, a, it's like our arbors uh, rigs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So a lot a, of people would do both. Switched off of that. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know if you'd used one or not. I was playing with them a little bit. No, there's I mean, no way I'd use it with a rifle. Honestly, I'd probably prefer it. <laughs> yeah. A I mean, couple of my guys who do a lot of bow hunting, they prefer it because you don't have any type of rigging around you. So you yeah. can kind of swing your hips to where you need it. I mean, once you can get your feet planted, I mean, you can plant your feet and shoot yep. from there. I mean, yeah. I think it's going to cut down your range of motion a lot, though. It would, depending on yeah. like size of the tree you're shooting yeah. from. And, and you might have to like move the bow around your body, too, making much bigger movements. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's one of the things. I mean, practicing that, that's that's where the practice comes in, you know. Yeah. How much move can you can you draw that bow without making mm-hmm. you know, the crazy movement. Yeah, now, your foot slips like like things going bad. Like you <laughs> can move, move like you can move a little bit with deer and get away with it, but the one you can't is turkey. Yeah, Those things can't. have the freaking eyesight that So a deer, man, it's almost like playing a role play game like you got to wait for them to look away to start moving because they can detect movement pretty well they, and they are good a lot of them are skittish they, they ain't trying to figure out anything they're good and they're skittish but i will tell you a turkey oh, yeah. has like literally i mean i've been sitting you know in a, in a brush with plenty of cover and the wind blows and a leaf mm-hmm. on a limb and that turkey's like yeah gone i mean you can't the whites of your eyes you can't none of that stuff can be moving yeah with turkey and that's one of the things that's so so crazy about it i mean and so mm-hmm. hardcore about it because you're like uh now if you've ever been uh turkey hunting with a bow that's a it's very challenging Imagine um, 
just because you literally, I mean, you you know, with a with a shotgun, you can be set up once you hear it coming. Yeah. You can kind of set up and kind of follow where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. With a bow, you're sitting there with 90 pounds. You're not going to draw on a back of a 90 or 100 pound bow and sit there and wait for where's this, where's he going to come out of? Where's he going to come out? Because you're going to be wore out by the time the turkey comes out. Yeah. And just to take a, a clean shot. So. No <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> so with everything, especially on the bow, practice mm-hmm. with what you've got. Yeah. That's going to be it. Know it inside and out, even a crossbow. I mean, crossbows, like, I akin them more to a short-range rifle than I do an yeah. actual bow itself oh, yeah. because the setup, like, mine's got a scope on it. Yeah. Know? So <clears throat> it just depends on what you want to hunt with on that. Um, in North Carolina, you got to get – got to pass your hunter safety course. So that thing's a pain in the ass, man. Unless you're old. It really <laughs> is. Yeah, unless you're grandfathered in. Ooh. But even then, I mean, it's not a bad idea a to take it to if you haven't done it. And if you got kids, it's a great thing for them. I mean, they're going to have to do it anyway. So they're going to have to do it. Yeah. It's a great thing for a father and son to do together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's like, I want to say it's like eight and a half, nine hours yeah, online. Yeah. So, like, you can knock it out in a day if you want to. You can spread it out as long as you want to do it. And then you have to do, uh, I think it's like a four-hour in-class course to where, like, you have to identify a semi-automatic. You have mm-hmm. to identify a single shot. You have to identify a revolver. Yeah. Um, just many different types of long and uh, handguns. Um, I don't think you have to identify like a compound bow versus a long bow, but those are pretty self-explanatory. No, you figure it out pretty quick. Yeah. <clears throat> but it's it's a good refresher, especially, yeah. especially on the safety end of things. Yeah. Well, like the part that irritated me was that I was like two years before that grandfathered yeah. law came in, right? So I was past the point to where they taught it in school. Because dad took hunter safety in school. So I was past that point, but I'd already hunted for, you know, I mean, I think it's 16 years when I can't hunt under dads anymore. Mm-hmm. So I started hunting when I was like seven or eight. So I'd already been hunting for a long time before I had to get my own hunting license at 17. Mm-hmm. Well, whenever I turned 17, I went to get my hunting license. They're like, oh, you have to take the hunter safety course. I'm like, I've been hunting for eight years. Like, I, I kind of understand the purpose of the hunter safety course. And nothing happened on that, so I'm like, cool, whatever. So I went up, take the course, um, went in. I think I had to drive to Rutherford, uh, somewhere out in Rutherfordson, for the course because it jumps around throughout the state. There's only like two of them rotating around North Carolina Mm -hmm. time, and that was the soonest one that was coming up. That way I didn't miss much of the season. So I had to drive out there. It was like an hour and 45-minute drive for Mm -hmm. this little four-hour class and then drove it back. But I could go the next day and register to get my hunting license. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. But, yeah, so you got to take the hunter safety course if you're in North Carolina. Other states, I know they do it differently, but I think it's pretty much everything. You know, I think every state requires you to take some sort of hunter safety course. And, I mean, just, I don't know, just remember you're taking all, you are taking a life. It's it's a little bit different for everybody. That first time, man. First time sucks. Like, if you've never, I don't. I don't know how it is on birds. I mean, I was dropping birds in my pellet gun when I was like six. Birds aren't, but well. No, that first deer I dropped, man, I about broke down in the tree stand. I, yeah. know. I mean, don't get me wrong, I was young too. But uh, still, at the same time, whenever you pull that trigger and you like see that stop happen, I'm like, oh God, what'd I just do? Like, am I sure that deer was of harvesting age? Like, yeah. Is that is that going to be the meat that I want off of it? You know, like mm. deer literally just gave its life up for me to continue living, so... Yeah, I mean, and that's the it's thing, kind of like, uh, 
for me, it's gotten worse as I've gotten older. Um, bird, like I said, birds are not, uh, and I'm not saying that there's any, you know, one's better than the other no, or anything don't care like about that. Birds or fish, man. Um, and even even some fish, man. I like <laughs> I, fish, really? Yeah, it's like there's just sitting there looking Nobody at you. Nobody cares yeah, about fish, dude. Like so, no. Like you put up a picture of you and a dead deer on Instagram. You're oh, going to yeah. get a ton of hate. Oh, God, yeah. yeah you yeah, put it absolutely. up there with you holding a dove by its ankles yeah. or a fish by its throat. People are going to like that image. Pete ain't going to give you shit for dropping oh, no. a bird or killing a fish. Yeah, but, but I But if you drop one of the mystical creatures, like, yeah, that's feel, when it comes up. I feel terrible, I mean, about all of it. Like, <laughs> And we were we are actually down at the lake fishing back in the summer, and, you know, we were catching fish like crazy. And, you know, there's a lot of times a fish – just swallows it to his rear end and there's just not getting the hook out of it and you end yeah, up you gotta cut it loose it's end up you end up doing more damage than good trying to get it out and then you're sitting there the i just time. cut the line loose and then whenever i go to gut it i dig the hook out and i'm sitting there the whole time like upset start to fish and it's like well wait a minute hook them in the lip still hurts them anyway so and don't hurt you, them that bad man yeah, humans right. get their lips pierced yeah. nobody wants their organs so, pierced yeah so <laughs> So I found myself the older I get, the worse that gets. But then with deer, like um, I've had the last two years, I've had these crazy run-ins with deer that have just been incredibly insane moments that I've had with a dying deer that I had nothing to do with. I just happened to show up at the time, and and it just like caused me to just it's made it hard for me to go hunting, especially deer hunting. Um, so I had, there was one incident where I was riding my bike and I was actually riding out towards our, towards where the, the hunt, the, the land where we hunt on is. Mm. And I saw these two guys on the side of the road and they were <laughs> firing a pistol off into the woods. So I roll up and I, they've gotten their truck and left. I roll up and there's a doe laying off kind of the bank. Oh, so I'm they assuming the they hit it with the truck yeah. and then tried to shoot the deer. Well, they didn't, they shot the deer like eight times, oh my God. but none of them were kill shots. Dude. So I like get off my bike and I walk down. Of course, the deer starts trying to like get up and like can't. And it just tore me up because you could tell she was trying her best to live. And I, so I literally, the deer was like freaking out. So I walked up. And I put my hand on her shoulder and I petted the deer and the deer literally calmed down and looked me in the eye like, thanks for staying here with me until the freaking thing died. And it tore me up, dude. I cried all the freaking way home. And y'all can say I'm a pansy, I don't, whatever, I don't care. Yeah, that's rough. Um, and then the second one was about two years ago. I was leaving the house to go to work and I'm coming down the, coming down the mountain getting ready to turn right onto the main road and I saw something to the left and I thought that looked like a huge buck and I backed up and sure enough there's this beautiful huge old eight point buck just kind of sitting like a dog on the side of the road and I was like well this ain't right mm-hmm. um so I backed up put the truck in park and of course I got up and the deer starts trying to get up and I noticed it looked like somebody had taken a really bad shot and hit it in the hind quarter, oh, and so God. it was bleeding. And I'm about to say it's probably hip was probably broke, yeah. but it was trying to get up a walk and sliding on a road and, and 
obviously suffering and of course I'm going to work so I don't have a pistol on me to put out of misery so I call one of my neighbor buddies that's a hunter down the road and I said hey there's this buck up here it's injured I don't have a gun you need to come up here and help me and so I literally sat there with this buck I finally got it to sit down and I petted that buck like a deer or like a deer <laughs> like a dog for probably 20 minutes before he showed up and I'm like I gotta go and then I left him with it. Yeah. He did his thing. But ever since, I, it's been tough, man. I mean. Yeah, I never had, I've never had one like that. Two of those encounters, and yeah. both, they both literally look you in the eye and go, it's like, it's just like petting your dog at home. Like your dog rolls over and you rub his belly and it just looks at you like, thank you, thank you, thank you. Those deer looked at me the same exact way. And I was like, oh my God. And you shoot these things. And I'm like, ah, wow. That's two different things, man. It is. Like I said, it's not murder. It's not. You know, I mean, look at their options, right? Especially when they get past breeding age. The herd or none of that wants anything to do with them. I don't, the different deer I don't want anything to do deer. with them. Because, like, you know, I've been helping and raising and and eating cows forever, you yeah. know. and I mean, Everybody, they order steak. They don't give a shit about because they've in, never seen them before. Loaded them in the trailer, petted them before, even named them. There's filet mignon. There's never sirloin. named them. Always just named them steaks. You never name them. Um, as soon as you give it a name, that's what changes things. <laughs> you don't name them. <laughs> but then it, it wasn't so bad. But now it's like, and then the older I get, you know, I mean, I've, you know, I've even questioned mm. going vegan for a while. That's a terrible life choice. <laughs> but no, man. So like I said, like whenever I harvest them, I don't, I don't feel bad about it anymore, yeah. but I think one of the big things that changed that is because I grew up cleaning them too. Oh, yeah. you know? Absolutely. So I mean, whenever we clean them and anybody out there, if you decide to go hunting, I highly suggest you take the extra time. No, your first time cleaning the deer, it's going to be an all day event. Oh, it yeah. really is. Absolutely. But once you get a feel for that, you understand like what you understand the entire process yeah. going from eating clover, hanging out in the woods to being served on the dinner table, you literally have a true connection with that entire process. You know, mm-hmm. I process my first one. I process a bunch of them. You know, like now, if it's under like 100 pounds or 120 pounds, I'll process. If it's over that, I'm paying somebody to process it. That takes right. a long time. I think it's, I think it's a process that everybody that... That's, yeah, especially on your first one. And yeah. I, yeah, and I think almost for anything, I mean, I don't know. It just makes consuming animal easier not easier but easier and understanding the process and that goes for you know cows those yeah stuff. but i mean the but process is very different cow. than cows yeah um most but, cows especially like the ones you buy in the <clears> supermarket <throat> they aren't wild animals no i mean they're literally um, people that are like they're animals that are raised inside a fence they've yeah. never known what a clear pasture looks like and they're they raised know what their neighbor's butt looks like um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's one of those things. If you understand it a little bit better, it makes things a little different for you. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, and I think, yeah, your first one, you definitely want to be there. Plus you got to get that, got to get that blood mark on the, on the forehead or under the eyes, whichever one you want to do. I never did a blood mark. And, <laughs> and get you a nice fresh slice of that, that fresh killed meat to chew on. Yeah, I don't recommend either one of those rituals. Really? <laughs> At all, no. Nah, you got to get that. No. You got to do well, those. A, a, it's unsanitary. 
I'm not putting anything's blood on my skin. It's gonna get on my hands just because I gotta clean the thing. All right, so there you yeah. go. You've already so you already you killed that. My hands. <laughs> <laughs> and B, like I never suggest eating raw red meat either. That's I mean, I like a rare steak, but it's gotta be singed on the ends. Yeah. But I mean you can do what you want to do, you know. Yeah, I mean I'm still alive <laughs> and healthy, so I ain't saying it's gonna kill you. I'm just saying that ain't for me. I don't do the ritual killings. That's a ritual harvesting, yeah. pal. Ritual <laughs> harvesting. <laughs> yeah. But no, so definitely with that. You know, and like, same thing, like, if, you know, your first bird kill. Mm-hmm. Clean it up. You know, oh, like, yeah. get used to the feeling of having that, you know. And like I said, <clears throat> some people aren't a big fan of, you know, small games. Some people aren't a big fan of big game. You'll kind of develop a taste as you continue to do it if you choose to do so. You know, I know a mm-hmm. lot of people who used to hunt, end up killing a deer, never hunt it again. Like oh, yeah. They just change their views on it. They don't want to know where their food comes from anymore. They don't care to know that hurts them, so they ain't doing it. I understand yeah. that too, man. It's a personal choice through and through. But with this, we're kind of talking about, you know, the people who are interested in getting into hunting, whether oh, yeah. it's because you think the apocalypse is coming or whether you get yeah. sick of paying that extra money for the groceries these days or any of that stuff, you know. Yeah. Or so, if you just want to walk around Walmart with hunting clothes on and yeah, there you go. hope people assume you hunt. Yeah. Go up to the meat section, just poke it with your finger. Yeah. <laughs> which, is, which leads me into don't wear your hunting clothes to Walmart. Only wear them hunting. Yeah. That's good a tip. pretty good one. Like keep all of your hunting clothes in some type of sealed plastic container. That way it doesn't get your life smell on there. Yeah. Yeah. Because animals like, can smell that stuff. Yeah. It's like going mm-hmm. into the woods smelling like, uh, poopery and the yeah. animals going it's yeah your wife's favorite smell. candle yeah I like my buddy brian always like he's got the he's got a nose man and i'll walk, i'll roll up and they'll be like my god he's like did you bathe in glade air freshener i'm like no <laughs> i'm like what are you talking about and he's like god i can smell you from inside the house i'm like whatever yeah. if he can smell it animals can smell it. and yeah. keep in mind like especially prey animals yeah like deer they're not interested in figuring out what that smell is. No, they gone. They smell it. All right, cool. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> yeah. And they, I had a little doe blow the only, other day in the yard. Yeah. Not only do they do they go, but they alert every deer within the next two miles of you being there. Yep. So as soon you, as you figure out what a blow is, as soon as you hear that sound, you might as well just pack it up and go home yep, that day. <laughs> head on, because it's yeah. over. When I was uh, over at mom's house, and not she's been coyote, having, but maybe, maybe. But she's been having these, uh, it's a group of five doe and three bucks. Mm-hmm. And like, they'll come, up, they'll come by in like seven hour intervals, right? Yeah, I mean, it's heavily trained. House. Yeah. Or like heavily traveled. And, uh, me and Sarah and my wife were getting in the car to leave the house. And she, mama called me cause she could see him from her living room. We were going mm-hmm. out the back door. She said, those does are down there. Peek your head around there and take a look at them. And I looked and, like, I kind of snuck my head around there, and the big doe in the back looked at me, blue, and it was like you snapped your fingers. All five of them were going into the trees. As soon oh, yeah. as she started blowing, they started hammering down. I mean, that's just how they go. As soon as they blow, you're just done that yeah, day, I which heard. leads me to my – oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, I was about to say, which leads me to the next point. Stay still. Oh, yeah. Like, sit still. Stop yeah. moving. If you're up there fidgeting – or you're up there tapping your feet to whatever song's playing in your head or whatever, stop moving. Oh, yeah. Whatever you have to do, sit still. I've 
been hunting with so many people and they just can't stop moving. I went hunting with one of my buddies. Dude texted me like 20 times yeah. in 20 minutes. I'm like, shut up. Sit still. I'm not responding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And learn how to walk. <laughs> yes. Okay. Learn how to walk quietly without stepping on every branch Pick you see. Your feet. Yeah. Like, don't drag them around like you do at home with your bedroom slippers on. Because <laughs> then you're just, you're just blowing it again. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I, I heard some commotion. It was probably like 2 a.m. a couple of nights ago and went outside and started walking down around back and I had, there was a deer there. I, I never, I never saw it, but it blew up me. It's not like a damn locomotive. <laughs> it must've been like three feet away. And I was, I was about to like, say, Oh, yeah. <laughs> it caused me a buck. I've never heard a doe yeah. blow. Oh yeah. That low. I'm pretty sure it was. Cause I've had pitched. a, I've had a pretty good size buck come through there for a while. Yeah. Um, which I, so I kind of figured it was him, but yeah, he must've been about three feet away right beside me when he blew. He must've been standing in the wood line. Cause it, I, it actually made me back up and go, okay, okay. <laughs> I don't want to get plowed over right now. I'm surprised he didn't gore you. Yeah, I know. Those things will just, like, drop their eyebrows and then start running. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they Especially don't care if they gore you or knock you over. <laughs> Especially when it's pitch black, dark yeah. outside, and they don't know what you are again. Mm-hmm. Oh, was it a bear? Yeah. Oh, uh, but no, that's one of the biggest ones is just stay still. I mean, they got all these $1,000 hunting get-ups and, all these like face paint and face coverings, neck gaiters, hats, boots. Keep in mind, our ancestors hunted in a white cotton shirt. Yeah. Like, I mean, they I've threw done, on flannels and blue jeans with black boots and I've, went out and killed deer because they sit still. That's the yeah. biggest thing. I don't care what kind of fancy camo you got on. You start moving, it's going to look like Predator in the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie Predator. I mean, they Uncle, may not see your form, but they can see that movement. Yeah, Uncle Barry, I mean, he, he would go out there with his bow and jeans and button-up shirt and yeah. hunting deer on foot with a bow and arrow and take them years and years and years yeah i mean that's yeah. i tend to i tend to like that method more once again it goes back to just me being able to move um yeah. like i said i get i mean i can sit but i yeah. start going man i mean i could be i could be riding my bike right now i could be running yeah uh, but like for me right man now. like that's my that's my rest break yeah. You know what I mean? Like one of the biggest things I learned two years he always ago. always tells me there's no such thing as rest breaks. Just saying. Well, that's because I always see you in the gym, not outside the gym. <laughs> so, no, no, two years ago, like that's when I finally discovered you don't have to be productive all the time. Yeah. Look, whenever I sit in here and I watch an episode of whatever on Netflix or Hulu or whatever. Like six hours out of every day. Yeah, something like that. Like, I feel cool with that because that's my downtime. That's when my brain gets to take a little break from the, you know, training clients or doing jujitsu or recording exercise videos or writing my book or writing my blog or doing this, doing that, doing this. Like, you have to give your brain a break. So whenever I'm up in tree stand, man, that's what I'm doing. And don't get me wrong. Like, sometimes I'll download a good book on my Kindle. Mm. That way I can just sit with my phone in my lap and just scroll the page, you know, to where the only movement I'm really getting is my thumb moving to the side and occasionally i'll just kind of ease my head up really slow track left track right and then ease back down and keep reading because mm-hmm. that's one thing that makes me sit makes me stay still is reading because yeah. i can kind of get sucked up to it you know whenever you drop your head and look towards your lap that usually drops the bill of your hat down over your face so that way if they're picking up over the edge line like you said like deer and wild animal and stuff like that they don't necessarily look for 
I wouldn't call it. They don't look for the form of your body. Right. They look to see what's looking at them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, every animal or every animal around here has two eyes. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say every animal has two eyes because obviously they don't. But every, like, game animal or animal in the woods, they have two eyes. So they can tell if a coyote's looking at them, if another deer's looking at them, like a raccoon's looking at them, whatever. You know, so that's kind of what their eyes are set to look for is that pattern of two dots, two dots. Mm-hmm. So even if they don't see you, or even if you don't see them, maybe they see you, and then they go away. Mm-hmm. So if you keep that covered, and one of the big things about that, especially in uh, whenever you're taking your shot, is you're normally covering one eye. So whether it's your eyelid of the bow and your hand's in the way, or it's the scope that you're using, or even it's the iron sights, it's breaking up the pattern of the other eye. So that's not necessarily something that they're looking hard at. Yeah. You know what I mean? They might see one eye, not even recognize they saw it. It's kind of like when you ride down a road, you don't pay attention to any vehicle, but you pass a cop, you see that one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, your brain automatically looks for that pattern recognition, right? Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that helps out with that, man. But just, yeah, and stay quiet. That was a good one, too. Whenever yeah. you're walking in the woods, I've spooked up plenty of deer walking into the woods because they were bedded down on my path. Yeah. You know? I didn't realize it, and I walked all over the top of them. I probably got within three, four foot of them, mm-hmm. and they just heard me crunching the leaves. You can't yeah. always stop that. I mean, you can't walk through a yeah, like right fall now, winter. You know? Yeah, you're not going to get through the woods without, but. Yeah, but don't step on every branch you see. Don't mm-hmm. step on trees that could crunch and cause breaks and all that other stuff, you know. Yeah, Do so what you can to mitigate get it. Get up early and start early. If you got a, you know, if you got a long hike. Early. I have. I have been in a tree by 4 a.m. and sat for two hours before sunlight. See, just because I knew I had a long hike to get in to where I wanted to get. Yeah, nah, mm-hmm. I was about to say, so like I always plan it. And you know, you always do like your pre walks and mm-hmm. check your cameras and all that stuff. So I try to set it up to where I'm in my stand 20 minutes before yeah. daybreak. Yeah. You know, if you're in there for 20 minutes, a lot of movement's going to go on in that 20 minutes. A lot of times deer don't stop that often at night. Yeah. Usually they're moving through at night. So now, 4 a.m. 4 a.m. It's pitch black. It's probably the, one of the coolest things until you have one of those weird encounters with <laughs> another animal that's actually still out hunting. You hear something heavy um, go through the trees. So yeah. So uh, Pennell always gives me crap about. Um, he always gives me garbage about uh, bobcats. You'll hear him say, "Yeah, he's afraid of bobcats." Well, it's not that I'm afraid of a bobcat. It's just. I had an experience with a bobcat Let's one say, time. You don't want to have a fist fight with a bobcat either. Well, like you don't so, want to come to blows with it. So that morning that I got in there at four, um, there was a. I was sitting in the stand, pitch black. You know, I had of course I had a you know a flashlight if I needed it, but obviously I'm not trying to use my flashlight. So anyway, I hear this god awful squalling from a <laughs> distance, like a and I'm screen. like, "Yep, exactly <laughs> what it sounded like." And I was like, "Oh hell, what was that?" You know, and I wait a little bit, and then I hear it again. And I'm like, oh, that's closer. And then I wait a little bit, and I hear it again. Oh, my God, that's really close. Like, holy crap. So then I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden I hear, up against the tree that I'm sitting in. And I was like, uh, what was that? <laughs> what's going on? Yeah, you know, what, what's running around in the woods? Yeah, and then so I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, it lets out one of those blood curling ass screams. Yeah, and so I'm like, hell, flashlight's coming out. Pull the light out, crack it on, and just straight down beside me, and there's two of these just 
insanely looking diamond eyes. I mean, they got the coolest eyes in the world. And it's just kind of looking at me swaying back and forth like this. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that wasn't a bright idea. Because now Mr. Bobcat down there wants to know what's shining a light in his face and what's sitting up here in this tree. <laughs> and I mean, they can leap up to 20 feet. So it's no problem for this thing just to jump right in my tree stand with oh, me. Oh, God. It didn't. It decided to move on. Yeah. But it sent, you're talking about shivers up my spine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you don't want me strapped down when two of them run up at you. And all I had was a bow. Yeah. So I wasn't going to do it. You could beat them with a bow. I don't want to be worried about that, but I'm just saying, like, you can't yell at them, make loud noise to get them to go away. You might as well pack it up. They run up there. Yeah. Like, I mean, I have zero doubt you could win a fist fight against a bobcat, but you're going to be clawed all the hell afterwards. You don't want to deal with that either. So, yeah, I mean, it was a cool encounter, but it was fine tingling encounter yeah. back there. And it was, I mean, this was like maybe a half mile from my in-law's house on a piece of, little piece of property behind their house between the other houses. So yeah. it's very urban. Oh, um, yeah. Just to run into that there was pretty crazy. Sure. I wouldn't expect it. I mean, I'd seen coyotes there and run into them. Like, yeah. I had, as soon as the, the just a little bit of light came out, I had mm. two or three coyotes around under me. Oh, but yeah. Bobcat was a different one. Yeah. Now I see him all the time. Now it's nothing new. But yeah. All right. Anyway. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. We will definitely pick this up next week yeah. with a part two, though. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you for being here, John. And yeah. we will talk to you later. Thank you for listening. Later. Bye.